Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the National Hockey Now Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now. Thursday, November 10th, Ian Cameron uh, with you. Uh, Alex B. Smith running a little bit late. Hopefully he'll be joining us momentarily. And we will be also expected to have Jimmy Murphy joining us later in the show. Uh, Jimmy likely around 2.30, 2.45. The latter part of the show, we'll have Jimmy for his weekly uh, segment. It was going to be on Friday, uh, but uh, busy uh, times for him tomorrow. So we decided we'll get Jimmy on today instead. And what a Thursday we have uh, here. We've got a loaded uh, NHL card, 10 games on tap for this uh, Thursday night. So uh, we'll get right to it because it is such a uh, busy card. Uh, we will start off with the Calgary Flames taking on the Boston Bruins uh, in this uh, first matchup on the card. Boston minus 190 home favorites, six the total uh, in this game. The big news for the Boston Bruins, and it is big, their best defenseman, Charlie McAvoy, will make his season debut for the Bruins as yet to play a game for this team so far this season. And yet here they are entering tonight with an 11 and two record to begin the season without Charlie McAvoy in the lineup, which actually tells you just how great a start to the season. This has been for the uh, Boston Bruins. Uh, Brad Marchand being back in the lineup has really led to this team, uh, taking it to another level uh, at the offensive uh, end of the ice as well. Uh, you look at what the Bruins are doing. They're scoring goals. Uh, they're getting good goaltending for the most part uh, this season from uh, Linus Allmark, who, of course, now has to be uh, the guy night in and night out for the uh, Bruins in between the pipes with the injury to Jeremy Swayman. But up to the task, he has definitely been uh, for the Bruins. No question uh, about that. Linus Allmark, it's been a great start to the season. He is going to be the uh, goaltender, of course, in net for them tonight against the struggling Calgary Flames, who... Look, I don't think their play during this uh, six-game losing streak has been brutal, okay? There's there's a difference between a six-game losing streak when you're playing just terrible hockey night in and night out, and you're just – execution is off. You're finding ways to lose. You're just close, but you're, you're just – those one or two mistakes you make every night are ending up the difference in a win versus a loss. And that's basically where we are at right now uh, with the uh, – with the Calgary Flames. Like I said, I don't think they've played bad hockey. In fact, I think they've played very good hockey the last two games, and the which are the first two games of this road trip against the Islanders and the Devils, and they're rather unfortunate to not pick up, you know, at least three, if not all four points, you know, in those two games. Instead, they only get one out of four points. They get a one, one point for the uh, overtime loss uh, against the New York Islanders, but then they end up losing to uh, New Jersey 3-2, they carried the play to the Devils. Uh, that's not easy to do with that New Jersey team and the way they possess the puck, the way their transition game is going with the speed that they've had. I mean, this Calgary team is not, it's not like they're losing games and they're not even close in these games. They're right there. It's a player too that they make a mistake, puck ends up in the back of their net and maybe just not good enough finishing their own chances. I mean, they fired 81 shots on goal uh, in the last two games combined. So I don't think it is a, you know, DEFCON 5 situation here for the Calgary Flames. Are they uh, frustrated by the six-game losing streak? Perhaps. 
I'm tempted to take Calgary at the big dog price here. I really am. Um, and look, Dan Vladar, this is an angle that I think kind of, um, kind of, you know, I like in this spot. Dan Vladar was a former Boston Bruin. Uh, it's not a shock at all that he's starting in this game. Uh, his numbers have been mediocre. Uh, you can't argue that. One and two, uh, 3.82 goals against average, 865 uh, save percentage this season for Dan Vladar. Uh, no question about that. But um, look at what he might be uh, going to here tonight. His former team that always gets someone fired up to play their best. Uh, you might see a Dan Vladar special tonight. Uh, play pretty solidly. Lead the Flames out of this abyss that they're in. This six-game losing streak. Like I said, there's there's good things with Calgary's game. I mean, especially the last two. You know, they've got the puck in the offensive zone. Uh, you know, they're carrying play. They're controlling play. They're just not capitalizing on chances enough. That's the first thing. And the second thing is it seems like every defensive mistake is ending up in their net. And that's where we're at right now with this uh, team at the moment, the uh, Calgary Flames. So I think it's a spot now where I'd like to bet uh, numbers and prices. And sometimes I like that phrase. You're betting numbers. You're betting prices. You're not always betting teams. Yes, Boston's a tough team to go against. Calgary's not a team you probably want your money in with right now uh, or backing them. But I think if you would have told me before this season started that Boston would be minus 190 home favorites against Calgary, I'd be rushing to take Calgary at this price. And I still feel that way. I still feel Calgary's worth a bet in this spot. And sometimes we see, you know, uh, you get someone back like a Charlie McAvoy. Sometimes it actually disrupts chemistry. It's not like this team has been bad without Charlie McAvoy and he, they're bringing him back and he's the savior for a team that didn't play well without him. They, they only won 11 to 13 games without Charlie McAvoy. So you'd better believe there's a possibility that that could uh, throw things off a little bit for the uh, Bruins here. So, again, I'm willing to take a shot with Calgary. I know it's not easy to step in front of Boston. I know it's not easy to back Calgary right now on a six-game losing streak. But again, we're betting prices, not teams. And to me, if you would have said to me, you can get a plus 160 with Calgary in this spot. To me, before the season started, uh, Boston was only going to be minus 130 or 40 in this game, maybe. And remember, we all thought Boston was going to be a pretty mediocre to bad. Or not bad, but you know, definitely a decline from last year. It hasn't happened. Uh, and as a result, now you're getting an inflated number on Boston. You're certainly, I think, buying very low on this Calgary team. Uh, and I think they're uh, sooner or later going to bounce back from this uh, losing streak. Because I'll be honest, all the underlying numbers and what the eye test tells you is Calgary's not playing that bad. They really aren't. You know, they just need a couple more saves. They can't be turning pucks over in these key areas of the ice where they are. And they need to capitalize a little bit more offensively in their chances. You know, and they need some of their bigger guns to get going. I mean, they need Tyler Toffoli to step up offensively. Uh, they need more out of Mangiapane and Dylan Dubé were counted upon to be uh, take a step forward offensively. Lindholm's cooled off uh, a little bit after a 40-goal season last year. Jonathan Huberto's been uh, criticized a, a little bit by his coach, Daryl Sutter, a couple of times, saying we need more out of him. You know, it's a work in progress, he said. Uh, the other day about Jonathan Huberto, who, by the way, missed the New Jersey game with a foot injury uh, and right now is a day-to-day -day and a game-time decision tonight for the uh, Calgary Flames. Chris Tanev, who is someone that has been uh, obviously uh, out for a very long period of time, there is a chance he is able to play tonight as well. He is also game-time decision here for the Calgary Flames. So if, you know, that'll definitely bolster their 
uh, team if they can get Huberto back in and certainly if they can get Chris Tanev back in because they are playing without three or they have been playing the last few games without three regular starting defensemen and Chris Tanev, Michael Stone, and of course, Oliver Shillington yet to play this year. So I'm going to look to Calgary here, plus 160. I just like this price here with the Flames, getting a little bit of a bargain on them because Bruins have been so good and Calgary obviously uh, on a little bit of a losing streak. As far as props go uh, in this game, you know, McAvoy coming back and the power play, you know what, has been terrific for the Boston Bruins. This might be one of those games where if you want Boston player props, don't just look at the goal props. Don't just or don't just look at the regular game props for goals and points. Look at the power play goal props. Look at the power play point props because the Boston Bruins power play has been very good uh, for them. No question about that uh, during this stretch. Now they're facing a Calgary Flames team that the PK for them has been a little bit wobbly. They've given up you know seven straight games with at least a power play goal. Uh, the Calgary Flames and as I said with the Bruin power play, uh, they have scored. Uh, in the last six games, uh, seven power play goals. So if you're looking at for a little extra value tonight, maybe you look toward power play points for the Boston Bruins players, for Marshawn, for Bergeron, for Pasternak, uh, you know, for players of that elk, uh, DeBrusque, uh, Krejci, uh, go on down the list. Definitely it looks like one of those games where uh, with the way that Boston's getting uh, nearly half of their goals lately coming on the power play. Uh, for the uh, Boston Bruins. So the Bruin power play points might be the more value-laden prop option for some of their players if you're interested tonight. All right, Edmonton, Carolina next up. We've got Carolina minus 150 home favorites here, six and a half being the total in this one. Uh, obviously, the Edmonton Oilers will be without Evander Kane, three to four months minimum. Just a, a, a extremely scary incident uh, the other night. Uh, wrist injury, obviously the uh, skate of Pat Maroon cut uh, him uh, right along the wrist. Uh, huge loss of blood. It was a scary scene. I mean, when you saw the pool of blood on the ice, it was just, holy shit, get this guy to the hospital quickly. And thankfully, uh, medical staff on both teams uh, in that game, the uh, Oilers and the Lightning, uh, they got on that shit very quickly uh, and uh, avoided things. Uh, being just um, getting out of control with that. And we certainly pass along. Look, throw the personal shit out the window. We're talking about a human being's uh, health. Um, Evander Kane, we wish him well. Uh, three to four months he'll be out. So that's a big hole to fill for the Edmonton Oilers. And, you know, coming into the season, you thought if you had an injury to someone on your top line, you'd you wouldn't really have much difficulty finding options to replace Evander Kane because of, you know, Kyler Yamamoto's shown you a lot. Uh, you know, you've definitely had uh, glimpses from Yessa Puliarvi, but you haven't seen it consistently from either of those two guys. And those are the two guys you have to look at now. You need more out of Yamamoto offensively. You certainly need more out of Yessa Puliarvi if he's going to uh, stay up in the top line, which it looks like he will be once again tonight with Connor McDavid and Ryan Nugent Hopkins. I give the Nuge credit. You know, I have always been... Uh, not always been, but I've given him a lot of criticism here uh, over the last uh, few seasons saying, you know, where has his offense been? But I will give him definitely some credit. Uh, he's playing good hockey. There's a reason why Jay Woodcroft has been keeping him now on that top line. He has made the most uh, of this opportunity. Uh, there's absolutely no question about that. And uh, now it's up to Pooley to get things going. Now it's up to uh, Kyler Yamamoto to get things going. Uh, Woodcroft uh, is really shaking up the lines now, which he, he figured he would do now when you lose such a key member of the team up front like Evander Kane. 
Uh, it'll be Ryan Nugent Hopkins, McDavid, Pooley-Arvey, the top line. Dreisaitl will center the second line with Zach Hyman. And moving up to the second line, Dylan Holloway, still sitting on no goals this season for the Edmonton Oilers. But here's a spotlight opportunity for this kid. He's a talented kid. He really, really is. And he he made a couple of bad turnovers uh, with the puck in the very first game of the season. And it basically set the tone for his season so far that he's just not gotten comfortable. He's kind of been gripping the stick a little bit. He's not been, com- you know, he's just been, when you make mistakes early on and then the coach has to not bench you, but push you down the lineup, give you less ice time, it, it, it hurts your confidence a little bit. And I think that's what Dylan Holloway was really dealing with a lot uh, earlier in the season, a loss of confidence because look, I'm turning the puck over. It ends up in the back of our net and you just, and you're just trying to get your feet wet here uh, in the NHL. And when it goes that way, right off the hop, it's difficult. You know, it is a confidence crusher and and mentally it it, it shakes you up a little bit. Uh, And I think that's really what we saw with um, Holloway early on. But now this is Woodcroft saying, you know what, kid, you're talented. You're only uh, 21 years old. We think the the world of you, and this guy's got a ton of offensive upside. He's got a good release, sees the ice quite well, above average speed. Uh, he can fit in very nicely with this team. Uh, now he's going to be given that opportunity here on the second line tonight for the Edmonton Oilers. So you already know with this little diatribe that I'm uh, describing here when it comes to Dylan Holloway, you already know what I'm talking about and thinking about, and that's the player prop market and the goal score prop bargain bin on Dylan Holloway at plus 500 at some spots tonight at Caesars uh, to score a goal tonight in this game. Uh, and I think that's outstanding value. Uh, he knows he's got an opportunity here. You're playing with Leon Dreisaitl. You're going to get opportunities to make things happen. Uh, let's see if he can now playing with Hyman and Dreisaitl tonight uh, on the uh, second line for the uh, Edmonton Oilers. I keep saying, yes, a Puliarvi, yes, a Puliarvi here because he's playing with McDavid. Uh, on the top line, and yet he still has not been able to really get much of anything going. He's had a couple chances here and there, unable to convert, but you're still talking about a top-line player at plus 380 at some spots uh, in order to score a goal tonight. So uh, definitely something to keep in mind. I think it's a great night for Oiler player props. I really do, uh, because I think this is a team that's got their movement. They're shaking up the lineup big time. They're experimenting. Woodcroft's like a mad scientist right here tonight. He's good looking at combinations that – uh, different combinations, different line uh, combos that might work uh, in the absence of Kane. Uh, and as a result, not accounted for, not priced properly uh, in the goal scorer player prop market. So uh, Holloway's a good option. Pooley-Arvey for value is a good option uh, as well for Edmonton. It looks like the rest of their lineup tonight shakes out as uh, Fogle. And Fogle might be worth a look. Warren Fogle is a decent enough offensive player. He just hadn't his snake bit is really what it was. He just hadn't found the back of the net this season, but certainly had shots on goal, certainly had chances, and he finally saw a goal go in for him uh, in the 3-2 to two victory over the Tampa Bay Lightning the other night. So you look at him now as someone that's in, look, Warren Fogle in his Carolina days, this is a guy that was able to uh, pot, you know, 13 goals, 10 goals. It's someone that really stepped up in the playoffs uh, for them, 12 goals last season. You know, and he finally sees the puck go in. Maybe that's a, a little bit of a monkey off the back. Take some pressure off. Relax a little bit. Uh, I wouldn't even mind taking a stab at uh, Warren Fogle here at plus 600 to plus 620 
at multiple books here for him to find the back of the net as well. So, uh, like I said, this is just a very good value-laden ga uh, game with Oiler player props uh, to score a goal, in my opinion, in this game. As far as Carolina goes, they are on a back-to-back. -back. They had a disappointing loss against Florida last night where I thought they played well enough to win. It was a terrific performance by Spencer Knight. And if you wondered why I've been barking for Spencer Knight to be the starting goaltender for Florida over goalie Bob, then look at last night. He was terrific in that game. Uh, very sharp, square to the shooter, seeing the pucks well, very little rebounds uh, spit out in front of the net. He was just terrific last night for the Florida Panthers, keeping that Carolina team at bay. Carolina, second of back-to-back -back games for them. Uh, they've now lost two in a row following a four-game win streak. And look, I mean, when you start to peel back the onion a little bit here, they lose to Carolina, they lose to Toronto, uh, they do beat Buffalo, but and they do beat Tampa uh, before that. But, you know, this is a team that when you look at their victories outside of uh, the, the Buffalo win and the Tampa win, you know, they've faced a lot of struggling teams this year. So while Carolina is eight and five on paper, it looks good. You know, they have kind of had a real tough time playing some better hockey teams lately. I mean, losing to Toronto, losing uh, to uh, Florida, uh, of course, uh, last night. Uh, very much uh, fortunate to get past Tampa Bay uh, before that. So they lose to the Islanders as well. So they lose to Calgary, lose to Edmonton. Um, so there have been issues for this uh, Carolina Hurricanes team. Edmonton snaps the uh, skid with the three-game losing streak here. I think there's a chance that could carry over here to tonight. Jack Campbell uh, is going to be the uh, starting goaltender in net for Edmonton tonight. It looks like, well, Ronta played last night. They were hoping maybe Freddie Anderson, even though he's battling a uh, injury here, which is an undisclosed injury. They haven't said what it is. I assume lower body. Um they were hoping Anderson would be ready to start the back-to-back -to -back tonight against Edmonton, but it doesn't seem likely that he'll he's going to be ready. So we could actually see for the first time this season Pyotr Kochetkov. Remember, we saw him for a few starts last year for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes in net. We might get him uh, in between the pipes once again tonight in this game. And for Jack Campbell, was that game against Tampa Bay the start of him settling down and maybe starting to get his game back to the level that it was for a lot of his time with Toronto. It could be because I thought he played great against Tampa. I thought, you know, he played, uh, he made big saves, key saves, timely saves with Edmonton having that 3-2 lead in the third period. Uh, he was uh, outstanding, I thought, in the final minute when Carolina was, or sorry, when Tampa Bay was really trying to press and tie that game. He made an outstanding save with like 10 seconds to go. Uh, in that game to preserve the 3-2 win. So maybe that's a sign that, hey, Jack Campbell, baby step forward, maybe, that he's going to get his game back to at least a better level than we've seen earlier this season. So I'm going to take another underdog shot to begin this card. That's two dogs for me to begin. I like Edmonton here. I'm going to take them at plus 125 or so. They've got the rest advantage as well uh, going into this game. Uh, I'm going to take a shot with the Oilers here, uh, catching this Carolina team on a back-to-back do I, I don't love the fact you got Carolina off a loss. You figure they're going to want to bounce back, play better. But right now, uh, I don't like the uh, price here with Carolina. To me, this this is a team that's um, got some issues. You got some issues a little bit. I, I find that their offensive game hasn't been fully clicking. So 
We'll see if Edmonton can take advantage of that. I'm going to lean to the Oilers here, plus 130. Uh, a good price with them in this game against uh, Carolina. All right, Ottawa, New Jersey. For, for props, by the way, a lot of the same props I mentioned yesterday. Now, Carolina offensively was shut down, but I, I talked about Stefan Nason, power play point worth a look maybe, uh, as well as uh, to score a goal, and also Jarvis and Natchez. And ride the Natchez over shots on goal. It did cash. I mentioned five straight games where he had gone over uh, or he had five straight games with three plus shots on goal uh, for Marty Natchez. He goes way over two and a half shots on goal again uh, yesterday, last night in the game against Florida. Uh, so keep on trying to capitalize with that is what I would do. Uh, Marty Natchez over that uh, shots on goal prop uh, for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, all right, next up, we've got Ottawa, New Jersey. New Jersey minus 180 home favorites, six and a half being the total uh, in this game. This New Jersey team just outstanding. And as uh, Will Smith said in an episode of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air a very long time ago, uh, boy, starting to get some respect around here. That's New Jersey. How about that? Minus 180 uh, home favorites in this game against Ottawa. So they're getting the respect for this great run uh, that they have been on. Uh, these are two streaking teams right now. The difference is one is streaking in the positive direction and one is streaking in the negative direction. New Jersey's won seven straight games. Ottawa has now lost six straight games. So uh, you've got a red hot team uh, versus an ice cold team right here. And, you know, I'm backing a cold team in Calgary uh, against Boston at a really good price, you know, but I'm not doing that here with Ottawa. Uh, not right now, not against this devil's team with uh, what I'm seeing out of them. Um, it's just a fun team to watch right now. And I've said this repeatedly. I mean, they've got four lines that can contribute offensively. If you turn the puck over, uh, at the uh, blue line against this team, it you are basically going to uh, a lot of times be keep fishing the puck out of your own net or at the very least giving up a very high quality uh, scoring chance in transition on the rush. Uh, that is the kind of speed that the New Jersey Devils have right now. Uh, Fabian Zetterland, I say keep on taking his prop. Uh, he's been magnificent. He's starting to find that goal scoring touch on the top line with Nico Heeshear and Thomas Tatar. Brat, Hughes, Howler, the second line, Sharon Govich, Mercer, Boquist, the third line. And as I've said repeatedly, you've got even Miles. Miles Wood is second on the team in goals. He's playing on the fourth line for this hockey team with Michael McLeod and Nate Bastion. So it really does tell you just how much uh, depth they have right now uh, up front. They can get scoring from all four lines at the moment. Uh, we'll see if that carries over to this game tonight. And plus, Wood and Bastion on the fourth line play power play minutes for this team. So that's why you could even, you know, really go into your bag of uh, uh, your bargain bin bag, if you will, and really go deep for some of these New Jersey uh, player props, especially when you're seeing guys that play on the fourth line actually still get power play time. Uh, that is the cons uh, that is definitely the case. Goaltending here, we've got Vitek Vanacek. Uh, confirmed to be the goaltender for New Jersey, riding uh, him with Mackenzie Blackwood still out. Uh, I hope they stick with him, honestly, even when Blackwood is back from injury because I think he's the better goalie flat out. And then we've got Anton Forsberg uh, for the uh, Ottawa Senators uh, in goal tonight, uh, giving Cam Talbot a rest. 0-4, by the way, for the Ottawa Senators on the road. Like I said, this is a team I've backed a few times at home. I think they've played a little bit better at home, but certainly on the road they have not. So, I'm going to go with New Jersey in regulation here. Going to go with a little bit of a better price on it. Devils in regulation. You'll be able to get it down to a, a better price than the minus 180 that's out there right now. Uh, Devils in regulation is currently around minus 120 
at Pinnacle. I think that's worth a look. I like over the total as well, over six and a half. Uh, we've been on a lot of these Ottawa games over the total. They continue to go over the total. 6-4 against Vancouver the other night. Uh, four of the last five have gone over. The only one that didn't during this last five-game span for the Senators was that uh, loss to the Philadelphia Flyers 2-1. Well, Philadelphia is more of an under team. They want to play defense. They want to keep games tight, checking, low scoring. So uh, that's probably the biggest reason why that game stayed under. Uh, New Jersey, we know, can fill it up. Uh, they actually went under against Calgary, but before that, we saw them score four, four, five, seven, uh, absolutely lighting it up. Uh, they were on a stretch before the Flames game where five of their last seven games had gone over the total. So uh, that's my uh, look here in this game. Devils in regulation as well as over six and a half here with Ottawa, New Jersey. I mentioned that the Devils, you spray the board with their player props. You put a little Zetterland in your pocket. You put a little Jesper Bratt. How about a little... Sharon Govich, because I find he does most of his damage on home ice. Miles Wood and Bastion, you could even go that route because they get power play time. Uh, lots of different options here for the uh, Devils. Ottawa Senators here for player props for them. Stutzla has it going. Giroux is starting to pick it up, although you don't always get great prices with him to score a goal. And uh, Derek Broussard, by the way, second-line center, moving up the lineup. Might be worth a look. And Shane Pinto's cooled off. I don't know if I'm going to get back to the well with Shane Pinto because now he started to hit his first little uh, scoring uh, drought, scoring slump of the season. But, you know, Shane Pinto has certainly been someone we've been uh, uh, betting in the past in terms of the goal prop market. All right, Vegas and Buffalo. We've got uh, Vegas minus 165 road favorites, six and a half the total in this game. Of course, this is Jack Eichel's return to Buffalo. Uh, should be interesting to see how it plays. I'm sure he's going to be hyped up, had to help, help lead his team uh, to victory here against the uh, – uh, Buffalo Sabres. They're obviously playing great hockey. Four, eight straight wins for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights, uh, including a perfect road trip so far uh, through Washington, Ottawa, Montreal, Toronto, uh, getting four straight victories, the Golden Knights, on this road trip, uh, playing good hockey. They'll try to complete the five-game sweep of this Eastern road trip tonight in Buffalo. But it's been a long road trip. They, they, they've been outstanding you know, in these games, road trips can be tough. Uh, you know, says uh, Riley Smith. And Riley Smith, by the way, you talk about props you got to look at right now. When you see Riley Smith go into this kind of role, you just ride it because he can be streaky. And right now he is streaking to the good for the Vegas Golden Knights. Back-to-back multi-goal games, four, five goals rather, uh, in the last three games combined. Uh, definitely Riley Smith has it rolling. Right now for the uh, Golden Knights, I think this is a fun prop game because I actually do like over six and a half here. Vegas has actually been playing one over after another here on this road trip lately. Five, four, six, four, four, three have been the games. I find their defensive play as as this road trip has progressed, they've gotten looser defensively. I mean, earlier in the season or the homestand and maybe very early in this road trip, you saw them really play an airtight defense and. I think you're looking at a situation here where Vegas isn't necessarily playing that way. And I think fatigue, all the travel has something to do with that, but just not that lockdown defense that they've become accustomed to. We know Buffalo, their defensive play has been a little erratic lately. So I think both teams can find the back of the net. I like over six and a half here in this game uh, here. I'll tell you what, I am going to shock people with this and normally when you look you've got this vegas team that's won eight in a row how the hell do you bet against them right but this is the end of this road trip 
This is a, and Jack Eichel wants to beat Buffalo. Make no mistake about it. I expect a, a supreme effort from him. You know, you could go with a goal prop, a point prop. Shots on goal for Jack Eichel makes sense because I think he's definitely going to be aggressive looking for his offense in this game against his former team. But you could say the same thing about yeah, Alex Tuck, Peyton Krebs, these former Golden Knights players. Peyton Krebs is ice cold. So I'm maybe not quite as enthusiastic about betting his goal prop or point prop, but certainly Alex Tuck. You'd expect him to be uh, wanting to do some damage here against his former team, uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, and Alex Tuck uh, certainly has uh, cooled off a little bit, I guess. Only one goal in the last eight games, but this just feels like a spot in an opponent where he'll be noticeable. He'll be impactful. Uh, he's going to be looking toward uh, getting uh, some kind of uh, uh, opportunity or some kind of offense going here tonight against the Golden Knights. So uh, definitely a great prop game. Uh, you know, I've talked about repeatedly from the Buffalo side of things. Uh, and by the way, Chandler Stevenson's probably a good look for Vegas as well. He's really been uh, pretty good in that uh, top line role with uh, Eichel and Stone of late. Riley Smith, of course, it goes without saying. But for Buffalo, again, on the top line, you've got uh, uh, Tate, uh, you got Vinny Hinnestroza, pardon me, moving up to the top line tonight. J.J. Paterka still in the second line with Cousins. I think those three in particular, Hinnestroza, J.J. Paterka, Dylan Cousins, uh, good value on all three of those guys to score tonight given the top six forward status uh, that they're going to have for this hockey game tonight. Um, and I'm going to step in front of the mighty Vegas Golden Knights here. Yes, indeed. I know it's not going well for Buffalo. Uh, losing to Arizona 4-1 ain't a good look, but Vimelka was very, very good in that game. Very good. And he's actually played better in net lately for the Arizona Coyotes. Three losses in a row for Buffalo. I th think this collective group, uh, they're not going to say it, but I think they kind of want to stick it to Eichel because let's be honest, Eichel got traded and that's when things flipped for Buffalo last year. That's when that team came together and went on that great second half surge. It was after Eichel got dealt. You know, that's really when things kind of uh, really started to settle in for Buffalo. I think they're a live home underdog here. I really do. In Vegas, it's been a long road trip. It's they, they, They're very satisfied with winning all four. It's tough to sweep a five-game road trip. I think you get Buffalo stepping things up big time tonight uh, after the Arizona loss. I think they're live in this game. I think it's a close game. It's not like Vegas are winning these games easily on this road trip either. Uh, overtime win against Washington, a one-goal win against Ottawa, 6-4 against Montreal, and that one was pretty close most of the way, 4-3 in overtime against uh, Toronto. So uh, to me, I think this is a decent little spot to – Put a stop sign up on this Vegas win streak here tonight and take Buffalo here at plus 145. Even some plus 150s out there for the Sabres. Uh, I'm, I, I think it's a nice dog card. It doesn't always mean it's going to pan out, but I think there's good spots, good opportunities, good prices for multiple underdogs. I already mentioned Calgary. I already mentioned Edmonton. I'm looking at Buffalo now here uh, in this one tonight, as well as the over and all those props that I mentioned. This is going to be a high-volume betting game for yours truly between the side, the total, uh, and the player props. All right, Philadelphia, Columbus. Uh, you've got Columbus minus 115 home favorites here. Six the total, uh, pretty much across six and a half, or actually six, six and a half, depending on where you look here uh, in this game. Now you got Columbus and, and Colorado later on in the card, for that matter, uh, playing their first game after being uh, overseas, uh, obviously over in Tampere, uh, Finland, uh, for those two games uh, in the uh, European showcase. Columbus is unbackable flat out. I mean, you either take the Flyers in this game or you don't bet the game. I mean, they've lost five in a row. It's been absolutely brutal uh, for this team. Defensively, they're a sieve. 
Uh, they give up 11 goals to Colorado in the two losses in Finland, seven goals to New Jersey, four to Boston, six to Arizona. Uh, it's just been dreadful. The uh, defensive woes for the Columbus Blue Jackets here in these last um, five games. So to me, not a backable team right now, in my opinion, until I see this defense improve. Philadelphia wins two in a row against Ottawa and St. Louis. Both of those teams slumping badly uh, at the moment. But Flyers continue to play uh, tenacious hockey, four-check hard. Work ethic has been out off the charts. Uh, no question about that. Uh, and that might be enough here because just, you know, you talk about a team that getting goaltending, getting great, solid enough team defense. That's the Philadelphia Flyers right now. Columbus not getting any of that at the moment. And that's a huge difference uh, going into this game. Jonas Corposalo uh, going to be the uh, goaltender here for the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. Just a, not a good year for him last year at all. 4.15 goals against, 8.77 save percentage. And, of course, gets his first start of the season in Finland. Actually didn't play that bad considering he faced 45 shots. He made 40 saves, uh, still gave up five goals in that 5-1 loss. And because of that, you know, he has that ugly five goals against, 8.89 save percentage. Uh, here to begin the season. So uh, I don't know if I'm betting Philly, though, because, you know, you're talking even money and the best of the price has gotten away. But there's absolutely, uh, for me, uh, a Philadelphia or pass game uh, in terms of uh, a side perspective uh, in this one. Totals-wise, it's kind of tricky. I mean, I'm not betting a Columbus under. There's no way that's happening. But can you bet Philly over? I mean, a Philadelphia team that doesn't really want to get into big time high scoring games that has kind of trended under, you know, three of the last four, actually the, the St. Louis game was a push uh, that remains to be seen. A series history has been under dominated uh, between these two teams as well. All three last year uh, went under the total uh, between the uh, jackets and the flyers. So uh, it's a, it's, it's a lean to Philly. I haven't pulled the, I also want to make sure Carter hearts in net for the uh, flyers as well. Not that I don't trust Sandstrom necessarily, but, uh, we'll see if he's in net. And plus, keep in mind the injuries for Columbus that are mounting. Sean Corrali, uh, center ice position is just absolutely beaten up right now for the Blue Jackets. Tessier's been out for a while. Sean Corrali is out now. Kent Johnson, the good young rookie who I think is going to have a nice career, is out. So all of a sudden, you've got to insert uh, some new uh, personnel at the uh, center ice position. We'll see how that goes. Uh, they're elevating Emil Bemstrom to the uh, second line tonight, the Blue Jackets. So keep an eye on that. Maybe there's some value with his prop. For Philadelphia, Owen Tippett is getting a bunch of chances. He's worth a look. This Wade Allison guy is worth a look, too. I actually had a, a goal prop on Wade Allison against St. Louis, and he found the back of the net in that game. He's getting three shots on goal, you know, multiple games lately. Moved up to the second line. Uh, big guy uh, is one of those guys that's going to score a lot of his goals, you know, from right in front of the net, looking for loose pucks. Uh, with that physical frame. So Wade Allison for the uh, Philadelphia Flyers, definitely someone to keep an eye on now, especially because he's getting that top six forward role uh, for the Philadelphia Flyers. All right, Arizona Coyotes, New York Islanders. We've got the Islanders minus 280 home favorites, six being the total uh, in this game. Um, I'm riding the wave. This is another underdog, believe it. I told you this was going to be a card where I'd be taking a few underdogs. And I'm riding the wave a little bit here with Arizona. They've won three of their last four against Florida, Washington, and Buffalo. I've talked about how much better uh, Carell Vamelka's been uh, in between the pipes during this uh, little surge that the Coyotes have put together. And, you know, suddenly they're five and seven 
And like I said, wins in three of the last four games. And I was on them as an underdog in one of those wins against Washington uh, on Saturday night. It's just, to me, I, I, I always get very, very nervous for anyone looking at backing the New York Islanders when they're laying minus 280. Like, they are not a team that I count on to win games very easily. You know, they have to play pretty much tight, you know, in a lot of games. And you look at a lot of their games this year, too. You know, 5-4, even when they beat Colorado, 5-4. Chicago, 3-1 with an empty net goal to put it away. Uh, you know, St. Louis, 5-2, but St. Louis in a free fall when they played them. Uh, Calgary in overtime, slip past the New York Rangers, need a third-period comeback uh, in order to beat them. So, this is just to me a little bit of, yeah, this team doesn't really, they win games by a team effort, by scoring by committee, which doesn't happen every night and getting, you know, great goaltending, which they've been getting this year from uh, Ilya Sorokin for the uh, New York Islanders, who will be in net uh, Sorokin six and three, 2.2 goals against average uh, and a 933 save percentage. So, you know, he has been very good in net for the uh, Islanders. No question about that. But like I said, you know, Karel Vamelka, assuming he starts. Now, if it's Connor Ingram, I'm not on Arizona. I haven't bet it yet. I'm waiting to see confirmation. There is a difference between the two of them. Uh, I wouldn't have that same enthusiasm for uh, Arizona if we do see Connor Ingram in net. But I will say this right now. This is a huge, huge price right now with the uh, New York Islanders. And like I say, we get Vamelka confirmation here. Uh, the Arizona Coyotes side, believe it or not, would be appealing to me at a plus 240 price. And keep in mind, they've they've definitely had suffered injuries. They've had Jacob Chikrin, of course, out hasn't played all year. Schmaltz has been out for a long period of time. But, you know, Lawson Krause has stepped up. If you like a goal prop, maybe look toward him. Uh, Nick Ritchie, uh, I can't explain it. You know, Boston was inconsistent for him there. Toronto it was disappointing. And yet here in Arizona, he's found it. He's been a very good player for them. So maybe you look toward uh, his prop tonight uh, as well. Uh, we have ourselves, Jimmy Murphy, uh, joining us here uh, one day earlier uh, than normal. Uh, on a <laughs> Jimmy, welcome. How are you? Good. How are you guys doing? Very good. Uh, awesome stuff. Um, before we get into games specifically on the card, uh, it would, now that we get to just talk to you on the show every week, just some what's in terms of the week that's gone on in the NHL, things you want to talk about. I know the Mitchell Miller situation with the Boston Bruins has been uh, certainly first and foremost of the work you've been putting in covering the Bruins. So uh, have at it. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, you know, look, I, I don't want to get too much into that. You're up against the clock here, but all I'll say is that, you know, the, the Bruins completely dropped the ball as did the NHL and the NHLPA. There's a lot of people that are culpable in this whole situation. And I think the biggest one of all too, and I'm not, I'm not, letting the NHL or the PA or the Bruins off the hook. They needed to do more due diligence. They needed to do a better back-checking job. Um, but Eustace King has to be, as as a agent put it to me yesterday, a, re a prominent agent in the NHL PA said to me yesterday, when did this POS become such a used car salesman? Um, I mean, the lies that he said in that podcast with Andy Strickland, and then you see, you know, it got so bad that Isaiah had to come out and speak up uh, on his own in that statement there. And I'm sorry, look, for all you people who are saying, oh, he deserves a second chance, it was just one time, can, can we get past that point now? Because that's been proven time and time again to be wrong. It was way more than one time. It was 10 years of abuse, Yeah. okay? So screw you to anyone who's still defending Mitchell Miller, 
Okay, I'm saying it right now, and I'm sorry if anyone's watching that's still doing that. Screw you. Get a, get a clue on how life works. <clears throat> you don't get a second chance if you don't earn it. And look, I've made mistakes in life where I've had to earn my second chances. I'm a single dad, divorce, you know, and I've had to work my way back into my daughter's life. And, and I, I'm proud that I've done that, and I'm going to continue to do it. But I didn't expect it to be handed to me. I didn't expect that to be handed to me or other chances that I've got in my life. You've got to earn it. And this kid's been given chance after chance after chance to sincerely show remorse and earn it. And the only time he ever apologized was when the Bruins put him up to it so he could get a job in the NHL. So let's move on. You know, the Bruins screwed up. The league screwed up. There was a lot of—I'm afraid people are going to lose their jobs, but maybe rightfully so. Uh, it's just a, it's a it's a black eye on a, on an original six franchise that I cover and have a lot of respect for, uh, but right now I I can't exactly say that uh, it's it's been a disgusting topic to cover. The more I dig deeper into it, and the more things I found, which I haven't written, uh, maybe someday I will, but it's just not the time right now. To be honest, unless I have to, unless there's a breaking news story on it right now, in I want to move on for the sake of Isaiah. Yeah. Um, you know, I spoke to his mom, uh, and I've spoken to people close to him and this, it's not, it's, it's hard, <laughs> you know, it's like when something happens traumatic in your life and then years later you have to relive it, um, because some entitled douchebag is, is trying to get a second chance and get and play professional hockey. It's not fair to him. And that's the only person we should be really worried about here right now is him. And so for that matter, you know, like unless my editor says you need to write this, I'm done writing for it because I don't want to drag this kid through yeah. these memories anymore. That's well, well, that's well put. You're right, because it's just it brings back old wounds. It opens old wounds. And that's not something uh, you want to see happen. And, and you're right. That's what I've heard. This, I heard the same thing. It's this wasn't an isolated incident with the kid. This was destructive behavior before and after yeah. this one incident. It had continued for years after this one incident. So that doesn't sound like a guy that was remorseful or wanting to make amends for doing something wrong. Yeah. Not to me. And that was a big issue. And then I got to listen to Cam Neely the other day say new information has come to light. Give me a new break. Information. Public outburst. <laughs> public backlash is why you made that decision. Would That's that be why. the information yeah. you can just type in the guy's name on uh, Google and all these things will come up, Cam, and you could actually do some information on your own and find it? Yeah. I mean, talk about just showing how aloof you are and how tone deaf you are. New information. I mean, I'm sorry. Look, I've told you guys this before. I grew up loving Cam Neely as a player. It was the first hockey jersey I ever bought. He's still, as a player, one of my favorite. Um, that was the era I got introduced to the Bruins and to hockey. And, it, it, you know, that's how I led to Great cameo on Dumb and Dumber, by the way, which actually yeah, is very you know, appropriate at this point. He is dumb. He, he really is. I mean, it's, <laughs> he's not a good executive. And, and when it comes down to it, he's just not a good person. I mean, it's his job to step in here. And furthermore... Where the hell is ownership for the Bruins right now? Why have we not heard from Charlie Jacobs or Jeremy Jacobs or both? Oh, they're sitting up there in a little office in Buffalo letting Cam and Don take the bullets here. Well, you know, they signed off on this. Why aren't they taking some blame? Why aren't they owning it? And it's just typical stuff that, you know, any Bruins fan out there watching that's my age right now could can relate to. This is what we dealt with. They're just not good people. The Jacobs are not good people, and that's never going to change. Yeah, it's just I, I, I found that that was con, it was condescending. It was stupid to say that we found out new information. It's like yeah. pissing on my leg. Tell me it's raining. You yeah, know, it's just yeah. It's, <laughs> come on now, new information. The public was irate. Your own players were irate. 
Uh, about That's the how, how do you go yeah. to your players to ask them for their input? And, and you know, Bergeron's like, don't do this. Yeah. This is this goes against everything Char and I have built here. This yeah. this is just the complete antithesis of what we're about. Nah, we're gonna do it anyways. Yeah, ridiculous. And Patrice Bergeron, just one of the most great players, human beings combined, you could ask for. By yeah, the way. and people yeah. think I'm being extreme here and getting yeah. ahead of myself right now, but let's think about this for a second. Patrice Bergeron's a free agent after this year, and you know it's pr probably strong chance I'd lean more in the seventy to eighty percent chance that he retires. But if he does decide to come back, does he want to come back for these guys and give them another bar another bargain bin deal? I mean, think about the pay cut he took for them, and then he turn around and they basically say, "We don't care what your input is, Patrice. We're going to do this anyways." If I was him, I'd tell him to screw. And same with David Pasternak. I don't want to come back to this. I mean, you just basically shot all over your dressing room. No. You just said we do not care about you guys. Basically, you're just you're just objects to us. You're 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 money makers, and that's it. You're not human beings, and we don't care about your input. So they may not say it, but it's having its imprint in the dressing room right now. And that's a great point you made, Jimmy, about the the Jacobs. You're right, out of sight, out of mind, not a peep from these guys. I mean, totally, you know, to me, it looks like cowardice, to be honest with you. I mean, they're just, you know, just hanging back and, you know, it's like pulling the friggin' sheets over their head and letting everybody else, you know, deal yep. with this uh, scandal uh, that's taken place. But yeah. unfortunate, and you got to somehow move past that, but it could take time. It's going to be interesting to see, too. I thought it shook them up. Now, I didn't want to take anything away from the Le the Leaf performance to try right. to win against Boston because they were a good hockey game. But Boston was off. I think the whole incident and the – Fallout from it was yeah. in their minds quite a bit when they took the ice. That and, and here's another tone deaf thing too. Like, I mean, talk about not reading the room and not like understanding what your players were about to face. Oh yeah. Let's drop this news 24 hours before we're going in the, like the hockey Mecca of the world in the, you know, Toronto where there's like 44 reporters every day in the locker room. Let's just let the players face this right now. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah, timing, you're right. When you're going to the hockey media mecca, if you will, uh, the yeah. Toronto, uh, Toronto, Ontario. Yeah, not, not a good decision with that. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, for what it's worth, Jimmy, I mentioned this earlier in the show. I, I'm going against the flow. I'm going against the grain with that Calgary-Boston game tonight. I like Calgary. I'm I taking a Calgary. shot with them. Yeah, I like them too. And look, you know, it, it didn't work that way with Brad Marchand. Obviously, he had an instant impact, but I, I, I think it's great. And obviously, Charlie McAvoy is going to help them. And eventually he's going to be, you know, the Norris Trophy candidate that he can be. Excuse me. But, guys, coming back as a defenseman out long term versus coming back as a forward is much different. Uh, it, it's harder to get your timing back. There, there's much more communication involved uh, on the ice is what I'm saying. It's just it's a tougher task to do. So, you know, for people thinking, oh, my God, he's going to come back in and score a goal tonight and they're going to light it. Hey, I hope he does for their sake. I just don't expect it. I, I think it's going to take some time for Charlie to get acclimated again. So we'll see what happens. But I'm with you. I'm. A, I think that the Flames are a great dog tonight. Um, I also think you know that the Bruins haven't faced a team like them. Charlie Coyle was talking about it, and, and uh, Jim Montgomery today both. Like, this is a heavy team, um, and they haven't really faced a team like that yet. Uh, people argue St. Louis, but St. Louis isn't the St. Louis that beat them in the cup anymore. They're a different style team now, and that's maybe why they're losing so much. Um, this is going to be a very tough game for the Bruins, and if I, I'm not going to throw any action on it, but I would lean with uh, with the Calgary Flames. And I said before, if like if this if this was the first game of the season, Calgary versus Boston in Boston, Boston would be minus one thirty 
maybe minus 140 yep. at most, at most. And even then I'm stretching it a little bit, I think, with the expectations of the Flames and people were writing off Boston, you know, before the season started, or at least that they'd be declining a little bit. But because Boston's 11 and 2, and because Calgary's mired in this losing streak, you're now getting Boston minus 190. Uh, in that game again. And that's why, it, and look, Calgary has not been horrible during this losing streak. They, and the last two games, they outplayed the Islanders. They outplayed the Devils. But they're, they're, they're not capitalizing on their chances, and every little mistake is in the back of their net right now. That's yeah. the kind of rut they're in at the moment. And that happens, right? We've seen yep. teams go through these cycles. I mean, and look, hey, look, <laughs> speaking of the Blues, think of the Blues they, the year they won the Cup, right? I mean, by now, at that point in that season, we were like, they're done. They've got to start thinking about the number one pick, and tanking from here and there no we're gonna we're gonna turn this around so i i don't think calgary's done by any means this is a good team they'll get it together i mean you have wholesale changes like that uh it takes a while to get new chemistry and and for everybody to learn each other so i'm not worried about them going forward by the way looking in the chat there somebody's saying i highly doubt mcavoy would be a norris he came in fourth last year for the norris trophy so he he's he probably won't be in it this year because he just missed a month and a half but uh he's he was in the conversation last year yep. with a lot of people he the, the kid's on his way to being a perennial norris trophy candidate but you're right tougher sometimes as a blue liner to re-enter the lineup and be at your best immediately so that's going to be something to watch for all right let's go quick hitter jimmy edmonton carolina what do you what do you think about that game like an oilers in this uh i like the you know hurricanes played last night they got to be a little tired i think the oilers are raring to go and they you know they've kind of been up and down so uh, I'm liking the Oilers there. Give me them as a dog. And I also uh, am going to go with a little – who's – now I forgot. Sorry, I've been driving all day. I had a nice prop for you guys. There was a nice goal-scoring prop. I'll pull it up here. I mentioned Dylan Holloway because he's on the second line tonight getting an opportunity for the uh, Oilers with Kane obviously out for a long period of time. That was it. That was the one I was thinking of. Huh? Right? That's right because I was listening this morning to uh, Edmonton Radio and they are talking about it. That was it. So, Holloway, yeah. I'm with you. Plus 500. I mean, that's an incredible why price. Not? Yeah, why not? That uh, great value there. Ottawa, New Jersey. I mentioned, look, I, I like to try to make a case for the struggling team at a good price. I can't do that with Ottawa right now. 0-4. Uh, wow. The Devils are just rolling, finding ways to win. So I'm on the Devils in reg uh, and over six and a half here. What do you think of this one? Well, the Devils with their new executive uh, vice president of hockey ops, Martin Brodeur now, huh? Yes. I don't know what that means for my buddy Fitzy, but uh, – <laughs> No, I actually heard them talking about it today on Sportsnet. Uh, I guess still fit. They say Fitzgerald will have the final call. But, yeah, the Devils are rolling right now. And I don't know how you can step in front of the train, let alone the Devil. You don't want them to come back and get you. So uh, give me the Devils. El Diablo. Vegas, Buffalo. I'm on the home underdog Sabres here. I am. I'm, look, it's not – Buffalo now you worry, right? Is this the same old Buffalo, right? Starting to go in the wrong direction. Three losses in a row. Tampa, Carolina, Arizona the other night but at the same time i've got to believe those kids uh, and that team are going to be jumping out of their skates to try to beat vegas and specifically jack eichel honestly uh yeah and, uh, jack wants to beat them too uh no question about and vegas is rolling it's tough to step in front of them but this is the end of this road trip it's been a long one 10 days uh and they've been just skirting by these last few games just barely beating toronto barely beating montreal barely beating ottawa and the defense has been a little bit loose the last few games, too, for Vegas. So I like Buffalo, and I like the over, and I like a lot of props. All those guys playing their former teams, Eichel, Tuck, Krebs, uh, both sides, I think they get big 
uh, offensive production or at least a chance to tonight. And there's uh, also Riley Smith's on fire for Vegas. I like his prop. Buffalo, mm-hmm. Paterka, Cousins, and Hinestroza up to the top line. Uh, I like that for a value prop. So what do you think of this one? Great, interesting game with all the uh, storyline. Yeah, I forget. You know, you bring up Tuck there. I like that one. Was he was he healthy when they got to play Vegas last year? Was he hurt? He might have missed. I'm not I I'm trying to missed, remember. Right? So this could be his first yeah. game against them since, yeah. since the trade. I think it yeah. is. So yeah, yeah, I'll jump on that as well. And I'm with you. I like this home dog as well. I think I think the biggest point you make there is, you know, the Jack Eichel thing's one thing, but I think the biggest thing is, and you do this well, you know, out of anyone I know, is reading where a team could be at the end of a road trip. I mean, by this point, especially when you've won every game. It's human nature to rest on your accolades, and and yeah. it's human nature to look ahead to sleeping in your own bed and uh, getting back to the nice weather in in Vegas. So um, I, I just think it's it's a good situational spot for the Sabers, and and they need it more. Uh, they really yeah. do. They need this more right now because, I mean, two weeks ago, what they were they were up pressing the Bruins, second place in the Atlantic, and now they're back in the basement. And like you said, it seems every October they're just a superpower, and then once November hits, it's. Well, this is going to be a proof, proof that, hey, if you want to show that it's not going to be the same old you know, downfall and decline after the first month after a hot start, it has to start here against. And, you know, it's the one thing I'll say, too, about the Sabres. They could have beat Carolina, I thought, because they dominated them in the first period, but it ended up 2-2. They probably deserved a big lead. I mean, they were all over Carolina. They almost beat Tampa. It was a great effort in that game. They beat Calgary and Edmonton on that Alberta road trip. They've gotten right. up and played their best against the best, Buffalo. Yeah. That's the one yep. thing we've seen this year. So, you know, the, and that, for that reason, too, I think you're going to see them show up with a nice effort on home ice tonight. Philly Columbus, I mentioned, I don't know if I'll bet it because I want to see who's in net for Philly, but I could only look Philly, obviously. Columbus is just in a world of hurt defensively. It's a sieve right now for them. Uh, what do you think here? Well, my thing that's catching my eye is that it's at a six. Uh, and I wonder if that's just because Columbus having so yeah. much trouble to score right now. Um, but I'm very tempted to go over it. Uh, yeah. I, I don't. I'm gonna stay away from this game. Uh, that would be the one thing I would have is going over. But I'm gonna stay away from this game because while everything you make sense, like you don't want to take Columbus right now. But let's think about some of the rest they've had. Like you said, it's the first game since Finland. They've gotten a rest up, take a couple days off and breathe. Whereas Philly's going like every other NHL team every other day, basically, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I just don't want to. I don't want to be taking the opponent when it's the day that day that the opponent loses to the Columbus Blue Jackets, which is like once every 20 days. I'm going to take uh, Philly. I think in the, I'm going to end up on Philly. I'm going to probably going to bet Philly, but I'm going to do it in the first period because I think, you know, early they could jump on Columbus and Columbus takes a period or so, you know, to get warmed up and better. And I, I'm even tempted to do that with Nashville, believe it or not, later on against Colorado. Like yeah. Because of the fact that, you know, Colorado has been off for a long time since that Finland trip and, I think both. I think the Philly first period, Nashville first period theory yeah. against these two teams is not a bad way to think. Yeah, you know, and I'll look at this. I'll take you know what? I'll take a prop in a scene. I'm looking at it right now because I believe is this his first game this year since uh, he went out. Yeah, you know what? Give me Verasic, Jacob Verasic on a uh, goal prop plus four hundred against his old team. Yeah, the, uh, I, I think he's out tonight. Actually. Oh, is he? Okay. Yeah, he's out. Yeah, so much I know. I'm just going by so, what's in the props here. Yeah, Voracek out. Yeah, that's the problem with the prop markets is that they <laughs> won't take off players' names that are for players that aren't playing. Uh, oftentimes, you still see guys that aren't even going to play. 
listed. So Coyotes and Islanders, look, I'm going, oh, 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 the Coyotes here, plus 240. They've won three of their last yeah. four, uh, especially if the Melk is in net. And I like the way the Islanders are playing. They're, 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 they're scoring by committee, team defense, and Sorokin's been excellent in net. I'm not enthused about trying to bet against uh, the Islanders with him in net right now, but the fact remains, Islanders minus 280 is pretty rich, and Arizona's been feisty lately, and Vimelka's turning it around for them. If he's in net, I will be on Arizona for sure. I'll take them plus one and a half, Arizona. Look That's good. That yeah, for a little yeah. security, because one goal game could be very possible. All right, New York Rangers, Detroit Red Wings. We've got the Rangers minus 155 road favorites, uh, six the total on this one. I don't really think I'm going to get involved in this one. Detroit, I always like to look at them on home ice. They've been good on home ice, Detroit, yeah. actually, this year. Uh, five, one, and one. Actually, five and three if you add up the uh, regulation and overtime and shootout losses. But the Rangers just lost to this team a few right. days ago. Uh, you know they're going to want redemption. But at the same time, I'm not laying a buck 55 at the Rangers. They're scuffling a bit. Three straight losses against Boston, Detroit, and the Islanders where they coughed up a three, uh, third-period lead with uh, Igor Shesterkin in net. So they're struggling with their confidence a little bit. Shesterkin and Huso, the goaltenders, uh, going into this game. This is probably more of a maybe I'd lean under, if anything, here, because I like the way Huso's playing right now uh, for the Detroit Red Wings. He's been very good. I think he's probably taken over as the number one goaltender right now over Nedeljkovic. So mm -hmm. I like the under, if anything. And I have a couple props. Uh, Pew Suter, as long as he stays up on that top line, I think there's great value on him for the uh, Detroit Red Wings and for the Rangers, Jimmy VC up to the top line. Keep an eye on that. That could be something worth a look. And this Vitaly Kratsov's moving up to the second line. So that could be your prop value for the Rangers tonight. Kratsov to the second line, Jimmy VC to the top line as they're shifting Kako and Lafreniere down a little bit uh, in the lineup. So that's a message from Gerard Gallant in terms of Kako and Lafreniere. We need a little bit more from both of you guys going into this game tonight. What do you think here, Jimmy? Rangers, Red Wings. Yeah, I'll go on the Jimmy VC uh, bandwagon as well. Give me a goal prop for him. And then, uh, look, I, I, this is a it's a tougher game than I thought I'd say two weeks ago, right? Um, the Red Wings have really played some good hockey late, and I, you make a good point about Huso there. Uh, he, like, honestly, he could go down as one of the best free agent signings of the summer when all is said and done, uh, when we look back on it. I'm going to go with the over-under here, though, and because of a nice little goaltending battle, give me the under six, even though I don't like that six, but give me the under six. Under six. All right, San Jose, St. Louis. St. Louis minus 160, home favorites, six the uh, total uh, in this game. Look, the San Jose Sharks only have three wins uh, this season. Two of them, though, have been on the road. So I actually think it actually benefits them getting away from the uh, Shark Tank and do you want to lay minus 160 with St. Louis? This is like step in front of the falling knife. We've talked about this. I know Pittsburgh finally snapped their losing streak uh, against Washington, and St. Louis will eventually at some point. It very well could, and probably if you think about it, it should be tonight. I mean, against San Jose at home, but I ain't ready to lay minus 160. I'm actually tempted to take another dog here in San Jose, but I don't know if I will. This one I'm on the fence with. Uh, San Jose is going to have Kockenen in net tonight. Uh, in this game, Kapokakinen, and he's only got a 3.61 goals against average, 878 save percentage, and he's given up eight goals in the last uh, two games. That I'm not overly enthusiastic about trusting him in net. I think I might end up on the over, honestly, in this game because the San Jose Sharks, you look at that homestand, five goals allowed to Anaheim, four to Florida, six to Anaheim, four to Tampa Bay. They've gone over in five straight games. The Blues have definitely gone ice cold offensively. One, two, one, one 
That's the goals for St. Louis in their last four games. But you got to think tonight could be as good a chance for a breakout game. If not, like, this is kind of like what I felt felt about Minnesota last night, Jimmy. They had been shut out in two games straight. I said their offense is going to get on track. It has to against Anaheim because they're a sieve defensively. Kind of the same thing here with St. Louis. I think this is a night for them against a Sharks team that isn't keeping the puck out of their net for St. Louis to get going offensively. I don't want to lay the price. I think if you'd like St. Louis, take a shot with the team total over three and a half at even money. And I definitely like over six. I think it can get over this total. Sharks, again, five straight Sharks games uh, over the total entering tonight. What do you think here, Jim? Well, I'm loving the value you can get on the uh, over-under in the first period there. It's only at minus 125 right now. So give me that. And, um, yeah, you, you talk – I don't I don't want to touch St. Louis right now and winning, but, I mean, if this was a night that they were going to do it – excuse me, I'm looking at the wrong game, guys. My apologies. Sorry, distracted there. Um, I still – no matter what it is, I'm going that first period over with St. Louis, even though I got burnt on one of those last night to complete a uh, 16 parlay that would have netted me over a grand. Uh, that was not good. Uh, what do we got on this over under in the uh, first for them? Welcome to the life of parlay betting. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's why the world. bookies make money. Yep. Uh, oh, still not bad. Minus 129. Yeah. So give me that over in the first period. All right. Over in the uh, first period. Like I say, I'm going to go over the six. Uh, it's funny because I, I, from a money line standpoint, I lean San Jose, but at the same time, I'm looking at that team total over three and a half for St. Louis. And I keep thinking to myself, this is a team still with, you know, O'Reilly and Brayton Shen and Tarasenko and Robert Thomas. Puchnevich is healthy now. Cairo, Ky it's been amazing how uh, quiet he's been. Only three goals this year. Uh, he's, you know, only scored two in the last uh, nine games or so. Uh, he's been quiet, but you know, a lot of Blues uh, players, they haven't gotten it going. I mean, Kakinen's been bad, and San Jose's been hemorrhaging goals the last four or five games. So, you know, in theory, this is the opportunity for St. Louis to stop the bleeding, get their offense rolling, and find a way to snap this losing streak. We'll see if they can do that. Nashville, Colorado. Uh, we've got uh, Colorado minus 180, home favorites, six and a half uh, being the uh, total. Uh, in this game. Uh, by the way, the Sharks-Blues game too. Prop-wise, Robert Thomas I like uh, in that game because you look at him, he's getting uh, a little bit up the lineup for the uh, Blues uh, right now. Uh, we've also, it's going to be centering the top line with Buchnevich and Tarasenko. Uh, Josh Levo is moving up to the second line for the uh, St. Louis Blues and actually was recalled by St. Louis on Wednesday and now is actually not only going to be in the lineup, it looks like, but he's going to be on the second line. So, you're going to get an outrageous price on him to score a goal tonight. In fact, I'm going to look it up right now, but we're talking about a guy that's slotted in to be in the second line tonight for the uh, St. Louis Blues, and the goal prop is plus 575 for him. So <laughs> there you go, a couple bucks on that potentially for Levo uh, on the uh, second line. for the And Carlson, it goes without saying for San Jose, it's hard not to turn down him to score a goal with the incredible start to the season he's had. Uh, for the uh, San Jose Sharks, no question. Uh, Nashville, Colorado, I'm going to keep it simple. I don't know if I trust this struggling, reeling, bad Colorado team to win, uh, or Nashville team, rather, to win uh, for three periods. But I think in the first period, they could be live because Colorado coming back from Finland uh, and they end up, uh, you know, a little slow out of the gate uh, that Nashville, you know, ends up jumping on them early. So the Nashville first period money line, I'm probably going to take a small shot with that, but that's it. Uh, because we've seen this before with Colorado, too. They've had slow starts at home, and they come back and they win the game. 
because that's what they're very capable of doing in that building. So for me, it's just going to be a modest uh, wager on the uh, Nashville Predators first period money line. What do you think here, Jim? I'm right with you. I, I, I like that a lot. And you're right. I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense too, right? I mean, this is their first game, like you said, since Finland first game back on home ice. Usually a home team's a little flat, uh, as we well know, coming home from a road trip. And that's quite a road trip. So uh, I like uh, I like Nashville in the first period as well. And definitely the Colorado team. I mean, you look at the, uh, the the games for them. Now they beat up Columbus. I mean, but prior to that, they had lost to the Devils and the Islanders before making the trip to Finland and b- missing Big Val Nachushkin. And believe it or not, they do miss that guy quite a bit. You know, he had been obviously terrific in the playoffs last year down the stretch uh, and missing obviously now due to an uh, injury for the uh, Avalanche. As far as their props go, uh, there's a lot of good options. Martin Kaut, he scored in Finland. He's on the second line. Evan Rodriguez has been outstanding for them. I wouldn't even argue with that. Uh, Logan Connor and JT Comfer have been chipping in from the third line lately. Those are prop options I'd consider. For the Predators, there's not a whole lot of uh, players in great form right now. Uh, maybe you look Sanford, who's moved up to the second line uh, for them, if you're going to look at some uh, props for them. But uh, that's what I'd be uh, looking at for uh, player props in that game. All right, and the final game for this Thursday card, it's Chicago uh, and Los Angeles. Uh, we've got the uh, Kings minus 265, huge home favorites here uh, in this game. Uh, the total right now sitting at uh, two, six and a half pretty much across the board. Uh, this is an interesting one because you've got the L.A. Kings, obviously, that beat Minnesota. A couple of nights ago, a one nothing shutout uh, in favor of the uh, L.A. Kings, four and three on home ice. Uh, meanwhile, the Blackhawks uh, we, and uh, Alex P. Smith was uh, warning us for weeks here. Don't you worry about this hot start for Chicago. It ain't going to last. Uh, and sure enough, here we're seeing the uh, Blackhawks come back down to earth. They're one and five uh, in their last six games. They just got shut out by Winnipeg four nothing. They've actually had an extended break. You know, they haven't played since last uh, Saturday. Uh, it looks like so they are they haven't actually be, be beyond that they haven't played since last um yeah since saturday yeah saturday uh, the fifth was that game against winnipeg and so they've got four days off in between uh as they play this la kings team but i don't think that's enough to want to tempt me to um back this underdog here uh, in this game but at the same time you know am i rushing to lay the price with la uh, no um soderblom has been a little bit better in net than we would have expected it looks like, though, in this game, by the way, it's Lankinen and Georgiev. I forgot to mention the goaltenders in that Nashville-Colorado game. As far as the Chicago-LA game, Peter Morozik is back for the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, he's been out due to injury. Uh, how long he stays healthy remains to be seen. We know he's had problems staying on the ice for a long period of time. That groin has just been a constant problem for him. Uh, but he's back, and he'll be in net tonight uh, for the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. Hasn't played since uh, the October 21st game against Detroit. He has a 3.75 goals against average, 873 uh, save percentage. So Mm -hmm. not exactly great numbers. He hasn't played in a while. Uh, Before he got that injury, he had gotten off to a very rough start. Uh, The Kings, you know, when you look at uh, the way they've improved offensively this year, you know, the one thing I might be able to get there with is the team total for LA, three and a half uh, over minus 145. I think that might be worth a look. Uh, That might be the bet I'm closest to making here when it comes to the uh, Blackhawks and Kings is LA team total uh, over three and a half minus 145. And it goes without saying in terms of goal props, Mr. Gabe Velarde, how many times have we backed this guy to score a goal this year? And what a start to the year he has had for the LA Kings. No question about that. We're going to keep on riding the Gabe Velarde goal train 
uh, like we have most of the season. Uh, Jimmy, what do you think here? Chicago, L.A.? Well, yeah, I'm on that Villardi goal train for sure. And I'm going to – I mean, it's not not much value in L.A., but I love L.A. in this. Uh, we'll do a Jimmy Puck line. That's what we'll close it off with uh, for the L.A. Kings, minus one and a half. There we go. Of course, you had to get one in uh, with yep. Jimmy on his weekly appearance here. And this is it, Kings uh, minus uh, one and a half here uh, in uh, this game. I'm looking at the lineup combinations. Um not much change for Chicago, so there's not a whole lot of props that I'm eyeing with them. For L.A., I always say you can really sprinkle – like Velarde plays with Kopitar and Kempe now uh, on the top line. But don't sleep on Blake Lazat for the uh, L.A. Kings, even though he's only on the fourth line. He has all of a sudden scored two goals in the last three games, and he's getting in that plus 500 range to score a goal. So uh, definitely thinking that uh, we could see uh, him find the back of the net. Kaliev and Grunstrom are two depth forwards that have – Tickled the twine, especially mm -hmm. on home ice for the LA Kings. So a lot of nice little under-the-radar prop value options as well for them going into this game tonight. Uh, excellent stuff. Uh, we really value the time we get to spend now with Jimmy Murphy this season on the Ice Guys Show. It's stuff. not every day like it used to be, but the fact we get to see him once a week is still awesome <laughs> enough. Jimmy, thanks for uh, joining us. Oh, thank you, guys. Always a pleasure. And uh, everybody out there uh, that served or is serving, or has family that served and sacrificed for their countries. Uh, happy Remembrance Day and, and Veterans Day, and uh, thank you for your service. No doubt. And uh, best bet, Jimmy, before uh, we wrap this show up, what do you like? Best bet, I'll go with that under in the Detroit Rangers game. There we go. Rangers and Red Wings. Huso and uh, Shesterkin in a goaltending battle, says Jimmy. Rangers, Red Wings under six, minus 120 for his uh, best bet. My best bet for this uh, card, a tough decision. Lots I like, but... Uh, I'm going to go with the uh, – this is a tough one. I'm going to go, though, with the uh, – I'm going to go with Buffalo. I am. I'm going to shake it up here. Buffalo Sabres plus 145 against Vegas. I just I just think this is perfect setup. Buffalo's kind of scuffed. You love these Sabres tonight, brother. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's just a perfect setup, and it's not yeah. easy to go against Vegas, but I've seen this movie before where you're rolling, you're playing great, you have, you've won every game on the road trip. It's that final game. You're so close to going home. And you're just not exactly on your game to yep. that level. And Buffalo will be, I think. It's it's like, hey, we, we want to beat Jack. Jack Eichel wants to win too. I get that. It's both works both ways. But I think Buffalo, the price and the spot favoring them, Sabres plus one. And the Sabres have consistently played their best hockey against the best opponents this they year. Have. Edmonton, yeah. Calgary, Tampa, Carolina. They've uh, always played those teams tough this year. I like them against the Bruins already on Saturday. Yeah. I'm just giving you a little little head start there. There you go. And a great price. I'm seeing Buffalo uh, plus 150 still uh, in some spots here. Buffalo, a big underdog at home uh, against the Vegas Golden Knights. So we're shaking it up here with a big dog best bet here for this Thursday edition uh, of the Ice Guys. All right, that'll wrap up this edition of the show. Thanks to everyone in the chat for joining us. Hit the like button on the way out. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern. Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. And a reminder, the show is actually on the National Hockey Now YouTube channel and the National Hockey Now and the Pittsburgh Hockey Now websites as well. Each day I make sure it's posted there so you can check out the uh, uh, Ice Guys show on those on the uh, site NHN and the P 
HN site as well. Uh, for our guest, Jimmy Murphy, will join us again next week. I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Thursday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we will talk to you again tomorrow on Friday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by National Hockey Now. Mm-hmm.